We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Roadwire NBA podcast, sponsored by DraftKings. It is Thursday, February 22nd. Nick Whalen, joined by James Anderson, as I always am on Thursdays. And for the first time in a week, we now have actual basketball to discuss. Um, it's been a rough couple of days, especially these last three days, with nothing to watch on TV uh, in the evenings, with nothing to watch on tv in the office during the day it's been a lot of winter olympics um and i I think i'm yet to catch the the winter olympics fever if that's the right term uh it seemed like a lot of people caught it last night with that women's uh hockey thing that happened i i cannot force myself no matter how hard i try and to be fair i haven't tried at all uh i just i don't care about the winter olympics and by the look on your face i don't think you do either did you know those were going on that's what we've been watching. Well, the problem, the problem in the office is that we have some people that work here that this time of year, all of a sudden, they're big fans of you know uh, speed skating sure. and uh, curling. Obviously, biathlon. you know, lots of that that thing where you get down on your stomach and shoot the is that biathlon where you shoot the gun mm-hmm. like midway through your the biathlon cross country skiing. One. I, th- I thought yeah. you shot. Do you, are you on your stomach? Are there I, multiple guns? There's there's events? one where you go from cross country skiing to like shooting something. Oh, are you think what they need to do is the skeleton. I was thinking that's where you're going with okay. this one where they're on their be- on their stomach sliding down that no, slide no, no, no. thing. But, but they should have they should be shooting while they're doing that. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be as close as I could be to having my my interest <laughs> peaked. Uh, but yeah, it's it's pretty brutal. I'd much rather there just be you know whatever crap. ESPN showing during the day. I'd rather that just mm-hmm. be on. That's what uh, it's come to. And yeah, it's. I'm not a Olympics guy. I'm not even a Summer Olympics guy, really. But the yeah, the Winter Olympics is even worse than that. So can't wait for this to be over. And I feel like it's starting to wrap up. 
<laughs> counting down the days until the Winter Olympics are over. Well, uh, today we have Rajan Rondo's birthday. He Ooh. is how many years old? This one could go anywhere. You know, you, he, he could be 27 and I'd be like, yeah, yeah, sure. Or he could be 38. And that 31. 32. He was uh, 31 yesterday. Man. So that's probably what I'm you pretty were, good at this. That's game. probably what you were thinking. I'm of. pretty good at this game. You I are think I would take this. I would take anyone in the office on and they guess how old this NBA player is. Okay. Contest. I'll see if we can set that up. So right. it's his birthday. It's Alfred Payton's birthday. It is Julius Irving's birthday. And it is also Lee Nalon's birthday. Uh, Lee Nalon, of course, best known for, at one point, leading the New Orleans Hornets and scoring over the course of an entire season. And I've always thought, like, if, I don't know when this would ever come up, probably never, um, in some sort of fictional sports jeopardy scenario. Like, is there a more obscure player who's ever led a team in scoring who's played at least, like, 50 games and he played 68 games? This was in 04-05. Like, since 2000, there's no way that anyone this obscure has led a team in scoring. Absolutely not. I don't know anything about Lee Nalon. He went to TCU. He was a second-round pick in 1999. That's I own a couple of his basketball cards. That's really the extent of my knowledge. That's more than I knew. So you, I, I know, and this is a big step for you. You made an effort to watch parts of All Star Weekend, and I think most of All Star Weekend, if I'm not mistaken. No, no, you are mistaken about that. Oh, really? I, okay. The only thing I was able to watch was the first two-thirds or so of the rookie softball game you didn't watch the dunk contest you didn't watch anything saturday i told you i was gonna be out to eat during the <laughs> whole that saturday mean you have it you couldn't watch it it kind of did i was at a restaurant that didn't have a tv Jeez. we you know Jeez. we were entertaining people before we went out and it was just it would have been i would have been the only person of the group of four who had any interest in this and i i wanted to be a good host and uh yeah i mean i'm i'm fine with it i was able to just wake up the next morning watch everything relevant within about yeah. 20 minutes okay yeah so you saw it all right that's that's what i care about yeah. and i wouldn't okay. far be it for me to expect okay. you to watch it live okay okay um like well I, I did we did a full recap on tuesday with alex we won't do too much but just your, your quick thoughts one on I'm assuming you don't have any thoughts on three-point shootout, skills challenge, or the rookie soft game, but what were your thoughts on the dunk contest? It, it's, it seems like people are back off the dunk contest now after people were kind of back on the last few years with Levine and Gordon. Oh, yeah. I mean, I didn't really care about any of the dunks, uh, but though my honestly, my biggest takeaway from the Saturday night was that it's just so, so blatant that Tanka Palooza is in full swing when... De- Devin Booker can go from being out. What was he? What did he miss? Like six or seven games before the All Star break. I think, to be fair, I think he might have came back and played their last game. I didn't even did check, he? but yeah, he okay. was he was openly stating while sitting out games that it was like, yeah, hopefully I'm just well enough to do the three point. Yeah, it's <laughs> like it's like he he was like, oh man, he can't can't play, can't get into these games, and right. he just shows up wins wins the three yeah. point shootout. Like I mean that. That was great. I, I this is that. we're in for some some big 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 tanking yes. over the next couple months. Yes, we'll get to that. I mean, the, I, I I thought the dunk contest was okay. I thought you know there's only so much you can do. Like Alex and I talked this through, and it's like clearly there's no magical solution to just make it great every single year. I think you just gotta kind of live with. I think seventy percent of the time it's not going to be great. But the main takeaway is if you if you picked Victor Oladipo to win, you were about as wrong as can be. Uh, which I did <laughs> in writing on the site. I was like, give me the guy who's been here before. Yeah, he has okay. the experience. Yeah. Give, he, he give me the worst of these four dunkers. He was really bad. <laughs> I'm starting to come around on the concept, and I've, I've heard it tossed around a little bit, of best dunk of the night wins the contest. And obviously there are several ways you could go about formatting it that way. But I, I, I do like that idea because I, I don't like the, the thought of Dennis Smith basically putting down two dunks, one of which was arguably the best of the night. And then that that's all we see of him the rest of the way. And the NBA has clearly been okay with messing with the format of the dunk contest in the past. Yeah. I I'm I'm fine with them doing whatever they want with that. I I'm You're I want okay them to it. bring back horse. Yeah. We that came up in the office recently. I'd I'd yep. like them to bring back horse per, assuming that they would be able to get actual like high end players to play it. But. Right. But like wouldn't you still watch it if it was you know, not, I'm not talking like 15th men, but like you know, good like Trevor Ariza's going up against. No, I wouldn't watch Ron that. Baker. You wouldn't no. want to watch that. No. I would still watch that no. over the skills challenge. I mean, I 
to be fair, I didn't watch any of the skills challenge, so it was bad again. Um, it's always but been I, bad. Like if if we could just get, you know, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, like people of that ilk, like the best shooters, the, the people basically like any of the ten or twelve people in the NBA that we think would be the best at horse. How we want to see J.R. Smith, right? Like I think you'd want a combination. Nick Young. Nick Young. Yeah, right. Like guys, guys. You know, Lou Williams, guys who had just like unlimited range would maybe aren't the best players. Like, like Jamal yeah, Wright, exactly. Like I think you'd that want type of player. you'd want like four of those guys and then four really good just all around superstars right. that are gonna draw the attention. Yeah, that one's puzzling. I mean they did it, it worked. I don't I think it's a really tough event for T V because I think yeah. it's like you kind of I don't know. I, I don't I don't know, maybe. I don't see how it'd be all that much different than the skills challenge or even the dunk contest well like. the skills challenge you know it's like this 45 second thing or yeah. however long they give them whereas True. like the horse could it could take 15 minutes could take mm-hmm. 45 minutes you know yeah you'd almost have to have built-in breaks at certain intervals and yeah i guess those would be tough to predict but yeah that one's odd because like my i've always wanted there to be like a one-on-one tournament or a two-on-two oh, tournament oh, which like, obviously would be great but i don't think you know, you can see why players don't want to do that, right. or why the league doesn't want to do that. But with horse, like exhaust, exhaustion's not an issue. You know, embarrassment is really not an issue. It's horse. You know, like yeah. I don't think KD would be all that upset if he if he lost in horse to Nick Young, who hit a thirty footer. You know, I just it, it makes a lot of sense. I don't, I don't know. I, I think we're not too far away from them at least trying something different. The game itself, I I wasn't thrilled. I wasn't as I wasn't as gung ho about it. as I most saw a lot were. of the All Star Games back uh, takes. I don't think it's back. Which is like, it was back if you love turnovers. I, it was, <laughs> it was uh, kind of amazing how toughly defended that last possession was. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think I've ever seen that level of defense played in in any All Star Game possession. But no, the uh, last like three minutes, four minutes were great. I just they they played and and again I said this on Tuesday they played just enough defense that it took the, like the really fun stuff out of it you know like because in the All Star game you're trying passes that you would never try like yeah. Steph Curry had six turnovers LeBron had five turnovers like you're just throwing crazy passes and there's really no repercussions but guys were in passing lanes too much guys were slapping at the ball in the lane too much like I don't there was mind just that. enough no no I mean I, it's nice that it it was better than the the layup line that it was last year for sure. But there was just enough defense that we didn't really see any cool dunks. Well, I'm I'm still I like it when you go about two two and a half quarters where all that stuff yes. kind of flies, and then right. you kind of everyone sort of agrees. All right, now mm-hmm. we're gonna really try. And, I, and I'm yeah. not saying like layup lines like it was last year uh, for the first two and a half quarters, but just kind of like you know if a guy's clearly making a move mm-hmm. and you basically have to foul him to, to stop him. You'd let him dunk right. and, and that type the of thing. The guys weren't really doing that as much this year. They were they were like – I think they said there were more foul calls in the first half or maybe even the first quarter <laughs> than there were all of last year. Yeah. You know, there shouldn't be any fouls in the in the, in the All-Star game, mm-hmm. in my opinion. They're on the they're on the right track, but it's still not like a <laughs> an amazing event or yeah. anything. We won't even touch on the pregame stuff. I oh, spoke my piece Thank about you. that. Everyone has. We don't even need to get into that. Um, let's start with – Zach Lowe wrote um, this morning, actually, on, on ESPN.com, and this had been discussed over All-Star Weekend, was probably one of the top two or three stories overall coming out of that weekend, that the NBA is seriously considering not only the possibility of eliminating conferences when it comes to seeding for the playoffs, but now, you know, I think usually when, when I think of this, it's the Bill Simmons entertaining as hell tournament. And this isn't exactly, you know, if you read Zach's article, this isn't exactly what it would be, but kind of a watered down version of that in some ways. So, um, you know, the, the basis of, of the proposal that Zach Lowe is being tossed around and, and he notes, you know, at the, if this were to happen, it would be at the earliest, you know, 2021, something like that. It's not like this is going to happen next year. Um, but he says in the, the current proposal Two four-team tournaments, so one for each conference, would feature the seventh, eighth, ninth, and ten seeds. The seventh seed would host the eighth seed, and the winner of that single game would get the seventh seed. Meanwhile, I'm quoting: the ninth seed, the ninth seed would host the ten seed, with the winner of that game facing the loser of the seven-eight game for the eighth seed. 
Okay. So it's a little complicated to read, especially. Yeah. But basically, the team that it. finished yeah. the regular season 7th and 8th would have two chances, in theory, to clinch those two spots. Uh, whereas, you know, the Tennessee... And it, would, would it be uh, single elimination? Yeah. Okay, good. Well, kind of. I mean, like, if you're the No, I, no but I mean, like, it's not like they would be playing... The seven and eight wouldn't be playing each other in a best of three or something. No, like no, okay. I think it would yeah, just be great. single game. Okay, perfect. So yeah, so the eight seed could lose to the seven and then still beat the nine or okay. beat the ten. I'm, I just want as many single elimination yeah. games as possible. Like as right. many as many just like these two teams play. The loser really loses something, and the winner really wins something. Yeah, I I'm not convinced that this would really solve anything. You know, because it's not like we have. But teams. It, yeah, he's not saying any. It, did he say anything about conferences being well in this scenario there'd be two different tournaments for each yeah. conference so like, but then nothing no. changes about like right like i want it to just be you know i don't want there to be any conferences period really mm-hmm. <laughs> i think it would be really interesting from a fan perspective i don't i don't understand what this really curb like the whole goal is to curb tanking right and mm-hmm. like to curb what we're going to talk about in a little bit where we have Coming out of the all-star break with 25 to 30 games left, you have, like, 12 teams that you just already know are out of it. And, like, that's a third of your season that's just kind of being tossed away. And, you know, by opening it up to the 9 and the 10, that's great. But, like, how often are the teams right. that – Yeah, like, that's you're not, not jumping fixing from the 13 any, up yeah, to the 1. You're not you fixing like, anything. I think the those best – teams are picking in that spot anyway. The best idea I've heard for uh, stopping tanking is to – have some sort of tournament for like the like the four teams that missed the the like four teams that cl- came closest to making the playoffs but missed playing a some sort of tournament for the number one pick or like Ooh. having having the basically so that if you want to get the number one pick you have to right be like better than like the worst of the worst mm-hmm. but even then you know, getting the number one picks way more valuable than getting the eight seed. So even then, I you would still have some jockeying around. Right. Uh, well, and I, I, I kind of the wheel. I think that they talked about a couple of years ago. Like I even think that that would be better than what we currently have. But I didn't like that. I don't. I don't like the predetermined draft slot thing. That I that yeah. I just too radical. No matter what, you have to do something to fix like having a third of the league or or a quarter of the league, like actively trying Mm -hmm. to not win games. And that's what we're going to have here over the next couple of months. Yeah. I'm coming around on that. In in the past, I've always thought that tanking was kind of an overblown issue. You know, it's like, it didn't, it didn't really seem like it seemed like it was being blown out of proportion basically to me. But this year, especially when you have this many Mm. teams out of it, like usually there's two or three teams that are going for the number one pick. I mean, you have the Lakers sitting at 11th in the West, and they're going to do their best to get past, what, nine other teams that are ahead of them right now? I mean, you, like you said, you literally have a third of the league that's not playing to win games, and that's going to create some issues. What's interesting is in, in that scenario you laid out, you know, where you play a tournament among non-playoff teams for the number one pick, is like that would completely alter things like the trade deadline and the buyout market. Like you'd have a team like Phoenix trying to get Tyreek Evans to help them win the postseason tournament for the number one pick yeah but i mean that i feel like that's and that's what the league wants right yeah yeah because there would be no reason to to look at your schedule and say we need to lose as many of these last 26 games as we can i don't have a problem with teams trying to sort of set themselves up for the future and like Mm -hmm. i don't i don't think it's a bad idea for teams to just be giving out stupid contracts to like mediocre players just to get from like 32 wins to 38 wins but i also just i hate any kind of structure where like i have in our staff keeper league i have dennis schroeder and dennis er, and uh, devin booker on my team and i really would not be surprised at all if like shooter specifically just misses almost the rest of the season with just whatever that back issue's called and I, I just hate the idea that a team as bad as the Hawks is going to try to sit their best player just for this purpose and like even Devin Booker like I can't imagine the Suns would tank to the extent where they would actually kind of slow his development but maybe they will and I, can see. I mean he's good enough already that I feel like 
it wouldn't be crazy for him to sit out every other game in the last. It's such 10. a toxic culture there right. that, like, he's fine. Suppose I mean, I guess the stuff he's bad at is stuff he's not mm-hmm. going to get better at while he's in Phoenix on this right. terrible team. So, well, like if Porzingis was healthy, you know, if he hadn't torn his ACL, like I could totally see the Knicks sitting him out a few games at the end of the year. Like guys like that who are, who well, are young but have already like proven that they're sure. Good. Maybe like, like a couple. Worried. I could see like them sitting him out a couple yeah, games. I don't think Por- I think Porzingis would hold it legit against them oh, pretty yeah. hard if like they did what like the Hawks are about to do with uh Dennis Schroeder and stuff like that right. I just I hate the idea of teams just really going out of their way and what was the Suns one last year where they was it Bledsoe that they basically shut down yeah. like I mean just stuff like that's going to happen every year and, Bledsoe and, and Chandler changes. Bledsoe yeah. was shut down for like 40 games right yeah, yeah. I mean I, stuff like that is what I think yeah. the goal should be to kind of get rid of right like I it's really tough to draw the line but you have like there are certain teams that like tank responsibly that you don't necessarily want to punish. Like if you like the Mavericks are tanking right. responsibly. Like you, if you're doing it the right way, I mean Brooklyn in some ways, given their circumstance, like if you're making <laughs> well, smart, they're not they're not tanking. Yeah, but well, you know, I mean, sure, like, yeah. Given what they have in front of them, like you know, they you trade off the right assets, you get thing, you know, you get picks back, things like that. Like it's hard to fault a team for doing that. Mm-hmm. I don't, and that's where I think the you know, if you want to play devil's advocate with this idea is like now you're punishing teams that are rebuilding in a way that they feel is genuinely best for their franchise and probably is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think like Phoenix or Atlanta, any, I mean, all these teams, honestly, Sacramento, Phoenix, Atlanta, Dallas, all these teams very badly need a top three or four or five pick. And like, what would happen in that tournament if, if Phoenix, you know, loses out in round one and picks 14th? Like how long are they going to be in that but, cycle? But I don't have any sympathy for, I mean, there might be certain teams that I have some sympathy for, but teams that are run as poorly as the Suns are run, teams that are run as poorly as like the Hornets and the Kings are run, I have zero sympathy for those teams not adding a blue chipper in the draft because I don't think they deserve to. Whereas I think, uh, like to me, that actually matters. Like I, I have no problem with those teams being terrible forever because I don't think they ever deserve to be good I don't, based I don't on know. the way I mean, they're I, currently being run. I agree with you in principle, but like, you can't like hand out good players to who deserves them or like three teams would have all well, the good players. I just think there should be an incentive to run your team wisely. And yeah. those teams are going to end up getting a generational talent mm-hmm. because they've been run so poorly. Yeah. I don't know. I guess in, if you're setting up some sort of tournament to determine draft order, I would still want it to be weighted in favor of the teams that need it most. Like, I wouldn't want the team that finishes one game out of the eight seed to have the same chance at the number one pick as the team that finishes with 20 wins. I don't know. I think it, like, I I think, like, the, the Spurs getting Tim Duncan was a good thing. I think the, the Magic getting Shaq and Penny back in the day was a good thing. Uh, like, I think there are certain scenarios where uh, a team kind of on the cusp getting an impact player is really cool. Like I think it's Durant, cool. Westbrook, Harden. I, yeah. I think it's cool that like the Jazz got Donovan Mitchell instead of say the Kings getting Donovan Mitchell. Like I think it's kind of cool that he's on a more relevant team. Like I think that makes the league better. Like mm-hmm. I, the league's never going to be defined by the five worst teams. Like I mean, oh the, the five worst teams being bad year after year doesn't matter at all in the, at the end of the day. So no, you're right. And well, I think the NBA's dream is to have like every team on paper is even, right? And that's just not realistic, and it's never. Well, I think they want they their dream is probably for every fan base to believe that they there's light at the end of the tunnel. Well, I think you you want every franchise to have a face. Sure. And right now, there are a lot of franchises that do not have a face, (laughs) a a face that you can look forward to for the next like five. Who's the uh, Who's the King's face? Buddy Heald, Bogdanovich. Uh, he's a, he's my current question. He's my current favorite player on the the king. I mean, Who's, I was t- I was telling you like um, <laughs> Bogdanovich in the eyes of this NBA observer is stock up after that rookie sophomore yeah, game. Yeah, absolutely. Who's the face of the Orlando Magic? Aaron Gordon. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Atlanta. Dennis Schroeder. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler Kavanaugh? <laughs> I don't know, man. It's bad. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's not that many without true faces. There's only like two or three. At least like Phoenix has Booker. The Bulls have Levine. 
you know, it's so much like it's a, it's so much easier to get excited about being a bad team when you have that one guy in yeah. place. I mean, Sacramento, Jesus Christ, yeah. nothing, nothing. The Nuggets have Lyles, right? The Nuggets have Trey Lyles. Yep, so true. Okay, um, let's look at updated MVP Rookie of the Year odds came out. Uh, I think on Monday morning. And most of the odds that I've seen going around list just two options for each award. So it's apparently it's whittled down to LeBron and Harden for the MVP and much more accurately Mitchell and, and Simmons for rookie of the year. Um, I mean, it's, it's a hundred percent a two, a two horse race at this point. Right. I, I still, I think both those guys could maybe not play the rest of the year and one of them would maybe still win it. For the rookie of the year. Yeah. I don't know about that. And I mean, I, I I see your point. Like I, I it, it would, it's it would absolutely be a conversation. It's absolutely a two horse race. Uh, I mean, like I'm still, I'm still in the camp of, I think Joel Embiid should have won Rookie of the Year over yes. Malcolm Brogdon, and I know there the people that disagree with that are very vocal about it. But you just can't argue to me that Malcolm Brogdon was more important to the Bucks than Embiid was to the Sixers and you can't argue to me that he was more impressive as a rookie than Malcolm Brogdon was or what then Joel Embiid was so uh I think yeah I think uh just dominance over a shorter span is more important to me in this award than just playing 80 games and being decent uh I I could go back and forth on this one Mitchell versus Simmons it's it's kind of tempting to go it's tempting for me to go Mitchell because he has like Simmons has this like gaping flaw where he just can't shoot regardless like he can't shoot free throws he can't shoot three pointers um Mitchell's in a I think an easier situation like I think he's in a kind of a perfect situation almost um it's tough. I mean, I think Simmons has been a much better defender than I thought he would be. And, you know, Mitchell's – I think Simmons has probably been a better defender than Mitchell has this year, even though I think Mitchell's tools give him a chance to be a, a great defender long term. Uh, I, But a part, part of me wants to give it to Simmons just because I think he's sort of the more transcendent talent. I, I don't know. Which, which way do you land on that? I'm still on – Team Simmons. Okay. I, Mitchell has to rip it away from him. I, I mean, I think this whole debate really ramped up because, like, Simmons' worst stretch of the year from kind of, like, mid to late December to, like, the end of January was when Mitchell, like, really, really mm-hmm. took off. Um, and, like, narrative-wise, I think you can kind of make a case for both. Like, you know, the the Simmons-Embiid duo leading Philly to, to the playoffs after the process, you know, all that is – a pretty compelling narrative i guess and like the fact that simmons being so good has just kind of offset the fact that they've gotten nothing out of fultz then on the other hand like utah has won 11 games in a row going into the all-star break mitchell just won the dunk contest you know you can still go all the way back and say this was supposed to be a rebuilding year they lost gordon hayward now they arguably are in a better spot than they would have been had they paid gordon hayward 200 million so i think there's two pretty strong narratives and you really you can't go wrong like if if it if it plays out it's, as it has and Mitchell wins by a few votes, I'm not going to be upset. It's definitely going to come down to, I mean, it, like you said, it's probably not going to be anyone's in the bag. Assuming no. they stay healthy, it's not going to be in the bag for anyone well, until like the final week or two of the season. Like if the vote took place today, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised by really any result. No. It would be close either way. I mean, I, I think that's for sure. But you could tell me that Simmons won 60-40 or Mitchell won 60-40. Is there going to be a super homer boston voter who puts tatum first on their ballot uh possibly i, I think we'll see tatum up there at two you know i think we'll i think see some kuzma votes there's gonna be like some homer voter is going to put someone other than these two first it's and it's, it's like tatum's be, blowing them out of the funny. water in terms of wind shares look tatum if you <laughs> gave him i mean he would be doing right. the same thing like yeah no i agree <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, looking at the odds right now, it's Simmons. Simmons is still the favorite. Then Mitchell, then Tatum. Uh, Tatum and Kuzma are both sixteen to one, according to one eight eight bet. 
uh, which I don't know what country that originates from. Kuzma, that's, that's the Kuz, kind of comical. Then Dennis Smith. Sure. Or no, sorry, then Markkinen, then Dennis Smith. Mm-hmm. These are out of order. Then Collins and Fox and Lonzo Ball, 40-1. to 1. Mm. I don't think he's going to get it. Nope. But I look back at uh, Rookie of the Year odds on the night of the draft. So these were, these came out pretty much immediately after the, the lottery. Lonzo Ball was the favorite. Simmons, two. Fultz, three. Fox, four. Then Smith, Monk, Josh Jackson, Tatum. Monk. <laughs> Isaac, <laughs> Justin Jackson, Markinen, John Collins. Donovan Mitchell wasn't even so, an option to no. bet on. on now, you and I draft. both were – we both had Simmons, right, after the – Yes, I had Simmons before the season. I don't remember if we even yeah. talked about it right. I after think the I draft, had Simmons but... and Fultz one two. Okay, and I thought it, and I was arguing that maybe they were going you know they were going to split the vote and I allow Lonzo to get it. I think when I became really confident about it being Simmons might have been during summer league, just sort of watching him. I became pretty confident like, like three minutes like, into the opening game. It's it's Simmons is going to win rookie right. there, so let's just forget about that one. So fast forward to opening night. Still pretty much the same. Fultz's odds had dropped a little bit because he was hurt. Um, yeah, at that point, it just seemed like a, a minor issue. And Donovan Mitchell had killed Summer League, and now he jumped up to the seventh best odds. But you could still, on October 17th, opening night of the season, you could still get Donovan Mitchell at plus 1,400 to win Rookie of the Year, whereas Ben Simmons was plus 250 at that time. January 3rd, the last time that, that Bovada published full odds, Simmons, Mitchell, Kuzma, Tatum, and Smith were the top five um kuzma's con- cooled off considerably since then marketing has kind of ascended since then i mean how would you if the season ended right now how would you rank the rest of the top five we'll say in terms of rookie of the year with simmons and mitchell in some order one two uh i'd probably go tatum three i think i'd go marketing four mm. and Hmm, that's tough. Maybe Smith five. I don't know who who would you. I went Smith five. I, okay. I wrote up something on the site the other day about this, and yeah, it's. I think the top four were pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Smith was Smith's been better than I thought. Though. Like he scored, and this doesn't sound all that impressive, but he scored in double digits in twenty two straight games. Which, if you look at his first half of the you know first half of the first half, he wasn't that great. Um, he's shooting like close to 35 percent from three and i mean smith is kind of a normal year sort of viable top three rookie of the year candidate absolutely and he's he's sort of like what you expect a normal rookie's struggles to sort of look exactly that and that's pretty much what i wrote too is like for a rookie point guard he's having exactly the year that you'd expect him to have like Mm -hmm. hovering around 40 percent from the field he's kept up his end of the bargain when when all those like when you were saying the top five Mm -hmm uh odds after the draft the, a lot of those guys have definitely not kept up their end of the bargain but smith's doing pretty much anyone that was a, a fan of smith coming into the year he's kind of yeah. held his own yeah i wouldn't i mean i wouldn't say he's exceeded expectations but he's no, he's, he's at, just, at the very least yeah. met them and yeah. maybe slightly exceeded them so his last 22 games 16.7 points six assists four rebounds one and a half steals 1.8 made threes 33 percent from three and just over 40% from the field and getting to the line only three and a half times a game. I guess that's not all that great, but still Lonzo's getting to the line like 0.2 times per game. Um, would I mean, Dennis Smith is one of at least five players who would have won this award unanimously last year. I mean, anybody above him. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, would Kuzma have won last year? I, I, I hesitate to say unanimously, but I think he would have won it. Right. Would... Would like where would where where would Jared Allen have finished in the voting? <laughs> Jared, it would have been like Brogdon, Allen, Sarage, like Brogdon versus like Allen. Bam Adebayo would have a case. Yeah. Josh Jackson, based on numbers alone, would have a case. Sure, he's he's actually been sneaky, pretty good numbers wise over the last month. He still has some very strange moments on the court, but he I'm, really I'm not out on him. He really does have some strange moments. He's I'm so worried about him. He really needs to get out of Phoenix. I wish he it's played just, for Celtics. It's so awful that he's in Phoenix because it's just, like I said last week, I think on the pod, it it really looks like he hasn't been coached at all since leaving since leaving Kansas. Yeah, I just worried what. Yeah, I don't know on on court, off court, 
what's going on with that situation. Speaking of off court, you hear Malik Monk got in a car accident at like five in the morning. He got in a single car car accident, and apparently no substances were involved. Just reckless driving. No, no, I don't. What's what's the takeaway here? Just that he was just. Oh, I just thought it was odd that like, how do you? It sounded like it was a fairly serious crash. I mean, he's okay, but. It was at like five in the morning, just outside the University of Arkansas campus. Like, what? How? What are you doing if you're not drunk, like recklessly driving a car at five in the morning? Well, that's he's from Arkansas, right? Yeah. So he maybe just like a booty call or something. At yeah, possibly. He was really excited after and <laughs> was fishtailing a little bit. Are we? So, are, how do we know that there were no substances involved? And how do we? Because know? he just got cited for reckless driving. And that was it. Dude, was there even a field sobriety test? conducted I, I don't know i feel like we would have heard about it if there was right i mean maybe there are just parts in arkansas where they just don't really do they don't really worry about that that's fine, very possible <laughs> i mean well chris vernon talked about this on the ringer pod and he he made it sound like that's the worst place for malik monk to have this happen to him because apparently people in arkansas don't like him because he didn't go to arkansas uh, whatever <laughs> more more info on this as it develops uh can't believe malik monk didn't go to arkansas yeah, I'm unbelievable, right? <laughs> um, DraftKings, we have a special offer for Rotowire podcast listeners, courtesy of DraftKings. Free six months to rotowire.com for new DraftKings users to take advantage of this offer. All you have to do is one, create a DraftKings account, two, make your first deposit of at least $10, three, Profit. Get your six-month Rotowire membership free. That's all-inclusive. That includes DFS stuff. That even includes baseball content if you're into that. You also receive a free $3 ticket for a one-day fantasy sports contest deposited right into your DraftKings account. You can use that to play for a shot at winning huge cash prizes. All you have to do is visit DraftKings.com slash Rotowire-2018 to sign up and claim your free subscription today. That's DraftKings.com slash Rotowire dash 2018. Okay, so that was Rookie of the Year. Uh, on to MVP. Again, the, the updated odds from earlier this week covered only James Harden and LeBron James. Uh, and I think most would agree that those are probably the two top contenders. Um, but it's far from settled. I mean, Harden's missed a chunk of time. LeBron technically hasn't missed any time, but kind of sat out in some ways the last month and a half of NBA basketball. Um, but it's Harden, it's LeBron, and again, according to our good buddies at 188-BET, after that, Giannis, then Curry, then Durant, then Kyrie and Westbrook, and after that you start getting into the long shots, Davis, DeRozan, Jimmy Butler, uh, Paul George. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think – anyone really has a legitimate shot other than Harden and LeBron but I think I don't know I'm not ready to call it just yet so who are the if you had to pick one person to jump in there other than those two who would it be I think one of the Warriors I'd like to say Giannis but unless the Bucks go 20 and 5 over the rest of the season I don't think he'll do it I I'm kind of strongly against the idea of giving it to one of the warriors oh of course i am as well but like i don't think that means they won't make it a conversation i think why, they've already lost would, too many why games, would so. they do, yeah i just don't see what the possible argument could be for one of them i mean durant could very well finish third in the mvp and win defensive player of the year like kd playing defense that would as well be as so that it would be such a bs defensive player of the year oh if, yeah if I mean, this is like, this is not a great I, there, year for he's not gonna players. win it there's no Who's way gonna win it i'd I'd give it to Embiid or Gobert over him, even with the games missed. Gobert's missed way too much time. I, How many games has he missed? He's missed two chunks of like at least ten games already. I think I'd give it to if I. I okay, I want to see how I, many. I think the about that I read the other day had Horford at one best best defender on the best defense in the league. I'd give I can get down Horford over over Durant for sure. Yeah, and it's not that I don't think like when Durant is trying and really ding up, he. I think has a case, yeah. but he just doesn't do that night in, night out. And I mean, I think Giannis is a better defender oh, than yes. him. LeBron uh, never winning a defensive player of the year. And then KD getting it in a year like this would really upset me. Really? Personally. Really, would really God, chap, that, would, that would be rough. I would have to that's, take a couple that's days That's kind of wild that LeBron never won it. I didn't know that. He finished 
in the t- I mean, he finished second at least once. Okay. I mean, he was first team all defender a number of times. Interesting. I don't know who was, who was winning it over him. I guess Dwight, I think, won like four in a row while LeBron was at his defensive peak. Mm-hmm. That's true. Has Kobe ever won one? No. Okay, I hope not. He's, he was uh, first team all defense several times, well, he, though, right? He should have been for a couple of years, but... So starting when LeBron came into the league, it's been Ron Artest, Ben Wallace, Ben Wallace, Marcus Camby, KG, Dwight, 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 Tyson Chandler, Gasol, Noah, Kawhi, Kawhi, Draymond. Interesting it's, that Draymond's just not a part of this conversation. Hasn't been has been a great year. No, I agree. It's just I would have Kawhi going down. I would have thought like that makes Draymond the automatic. All the Warriors to me are just sort of off of voting for these types of awards. Like they they. I'm fine putting Steph and KD on first team. Sure. But they I get those guys out of here for any of these awards. Like I you think just, they had to win 70 some games. You can't be, you can't underachieve to this extent and right. walk away with hardware. I'm sorry. No, I agree. I totally agree. <laughs> um so I think I think this is firmly hardens to lose, right? I mean, you're not going you're not going to find anyone who's telling you otherwise. Right. Well, and there was a window, so if if that whole Cavs catastrophe thing had never happened, I think it would lebron would have it basically locked yes. up but yep, I agree. Th- there was just that run there where they were just terrible right as soon as harden got hurt lebron immediately stopped trying it it could not have been a worse coinciding right because lebron was having a having this great year and harden had him beat by in the eyes of most people i i actually thought lebron or lebron still had a solid case for it uh you know maybe six weeks into the season seven weeks into the season, something like that. But I think the vast majority of voters would have gone Harden. Then he gets hurt, and LeBron's got this opening. But then Isaiah Thomas comes back, and the Cavs, whatever. What, how many did they lose? Like, yeah, it. it he really kind of blew this one. Uh, not necessarily all his doing, but Isaiah. If man. he had just if he just kept that ship right, and this isn't the first year where this has happened for LeBron, where he was like a. 20 game bad stretch by his team away from winning it like i think last year he was definitely in the mix minus take away like a month of the year and he he would have been Mm -hmm. in the mix yeah i mean i think any of the last few years cleveland has gone through that swoon well in that year where he went on that 15 game yeah break to miami that was also the year steph won it and it was like no one was gonna top that steph season but i mean there's he's had statistical like per game numbers to warrant strong consideration each of the last couple of years right. and just for these these soft factors he's yeah no i don't see lebron winning it um i mean i think it's it's probably pretty safe to say that he's going to keep up his current production over the rest of the season if the last 14 years are any indication but unless harden goes down again there's really little there's very little to say that harden's going to go through a slump you know so i, I think if he stays healthy it's his now my i know you threw out the two warriors guys i kind of dismiss those just because i don't i think they have like zero percent chance of winning it uh i think Giannis has a greater than zero percent chance of winning it because i think if the bucks go see they're 32 and 25 uh that means they have 25 games left on the schedule if the bucks go say 20 and five over that stretch yeah. and they got to get to 50 wins i i think i think Giannis could catch harden if if the bucks just have this crazy finish to the year mm-hmm. get a top four seed win 50 plus games because Giannis's numbers at the end of the year are mvp caliber it's right. just where are the bucks going to be when it's all said and done right uh, i read i forget who wrote it yesterday i want to say kevin pelt but that could be totally wrong that no one no one has ever not won the MVP averaging like 25, 10, and 5, I want to say. Or maybe it was 30, 10, and 5. And like Giannis is right there with all those. It must have been 30, 10, and 5. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also just kind of speaks to this era of statistics and like how right. you could you could make that me- that measure for a lot you of could guys. Do, you can pretty much cherry pick your averaging this, this, and this, and like nobody's ever not like, – like the year right. Harden – like last year – Harden didn't win the MVP. I'm sure nobody's not won the MVP averaging what exactly. Harden averaged last year. So No, exactly. And, like, you look at some of the MVPs from the previous decade, you know, like the seasons that, that LeBron is having, you know, you you put that up against 
Steve Nash, for example. Mm-hmm. It's not really close. Um, yeah, no, Nash was better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Imagine winning an MVP with averaging 16 and like, what, nine? Good Lord. How dare you? One of the worst MVP seasons ever. Five. Um, five. So let's change subjects before, before, <laughs> before, before things really go off the rails yeah. here. Uh, actually, just to kind of wrap this up, is Giannis going to enter next season as the odds on favorite to win? yeah right i mean i don't see it's a scenario like okay, well it's kind of it's like i mean heart the obvious candidates are going to be right, well, hanging around like harden yeah. steph lebron let's work backwards so assuming harden wins it he will have had his and it's very it's very ah, excuse me very tough to win two in a row mm-hmm. westbrook kind of had it, his moment a couple it of sort years of feels ago. doesn't it kind of feel like the mvp is sort of given out to kind of kind of benchmark like like You've arrived. You know, you know, Curry Curry got his two, and I always sort of felt like after he got his two, like he was just done winning MVPs just because that's sort of usually the way right. it goes. Like yep. th- those were his prime years, his absolute peak. He got his MVPs. He's done. Mm-hmm. I feel like with Harden, he's going to just kind of get one, and then everyone's going to kind of move on to the next guy. Yeah. And, this does and in some ways feel like a lifetime achievement award if he gets and, it. Well, because – you could make a case, you could have made a pretty good case for Harden any of the last yeah. two years. I mean, or, he's already finished second twice, right? right? Yeah. And and so, and that my argument against Giannis winning it coming into the season wasn't even the Bucks. What I thought the Bucks were going to do in terms of wins and losses, I just kind of went back and looked like when did LeBron win his first MVP? Like these things typically, it's this process of going from, mm-hmm. you know, he was most improved player last year usually that you don't go from that to like MVP. It's usually kind of a, a multi-year yeah. progression up. And so, you know, is Kevin Durant ever going to win another MVP? Maybe he might. Like, I think, I, I, I think Kevin Durant's more likely to win one than Steph or Harden after this season. Right. And I, I kind of get the sense that LeBron's just done winning them. Not because he's not good anymore. It's just that he can't, he's too old to give it, night in night out especially on both ends of the court to mm-hmm. really because it's such a talented crop of guys like right. you really have to go out there and dominate and you can't have you know you can't be missing 15 games you can't be <laughs> not playing defense for like yeah. a month the straight. defense to me is a bigger issue right now <laughs> you know like it, the glaring lack of defense you know there's always these whispers the last few years that lebron's slipping a little bit on d and now it's like you, you can argue whether or not he's physically slipping but in terms of effort it's so noticeable and you, I mean, even as the biggest LeBron guy around, like, you know, you can't give the MVP to a guy who's that bad defensively. Right. I mean, Kawhi, it always, I, I feel like if Kawhi can ever get 100% right physically, he might still get a lifetime achievement can MVP. Make a, make a late charge? <laughs> not, not, not this year. <laughs> he comes but, back. But, like, I think, you know, I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't put it past Kawhi winning one oh, in no. one of the next three or four years. Mm-hmm. But I think. Giannis probably wins two in the next four years well if you look at going into next season like if you want to just for fun like rule out guys who have won one already Giannis is pretty clearly the favorite it's kind of him and Davis sure and there's Dave- a little bit of buzz for DeRozan this year which is pretty funny. that's fun like, that's, that's really funny that's really funny <laughs> that's really nice of that's so everyone, funny but come on and I mean are we could we agree that like Westbrook got his one and he's probably never he's getting not. another well he also did it in such a fashion that it would feel like he would have to somehow top that to get another because you know we're talking mm-hmm. about the right. the competition for MVP is as is as high as it's ever been and you know like you don't have guys like Joe Kim Noah it, finishing third in the MVP in like two years Joel Embiid health permitting is going to sure. start being I mean, Ben Simmons uh, for by all means could be in that conversation I can't I just can't imagine him ever winning one if he can't improve his shooting I just I don't Simmons? see it yeah yeah well I mean I think I think the shooting. He's never going to be a great shooter, but I think it'll. It's going to have to improve, right? Like, are we going to be on year seven of Ben Simmons? I don't just not know shooting if threes it's, at all. I think it'll get. It can't be worse than this, really. But I, I just, I don't think he's ever going to even be as good as like Giannis is right now. I think he can get there. That's a pretty low bar. That's like sub thirty percent from three. Sure, I mean Giannis is really good at free throws. Mm-hmm. So it, 
Like I just, you're gonna never. Ben Simmons' like true shooting percentage is always just gonna look so much worse yeah. than like the people that he's competing against for that award. So the I, free throw point know. is interesting because oftentimes that does go hand in hand, and the fact that he's, so you know, completely like as lost at the free throw line as he is from the three point line isn't the greatest indication. I think we're. I think it's more likely that, uh, you know, I think Giannis and Embiid and Davis and even like Carl Anthony Towns, like those guys are gonna be in that mix for MVPs like over the next few years mm-hmm. even maybe Porzingis if he if he's able to come back and then you you're shaking your head no on Porzingis I you don't think because he could definitely look, win a defensive player of the year I and love he could Porzingis. do it winning 30 he, he could do it scoring 30 points a game I think he's way overrated right now I think he's ex- extremely good young player but he is vastly overrated as an okay. overall player I just think I think he's one of the better defensive players in the league and mm-hmm. i think he's going to average 30 points a game in the not too distant future so i just yeah. i kind of see those skills leading him to votes but uh i mean obviously luka Doncic is going to start yep. getting in the mix <clears throat> yep yep <laughs> um well i mean depending on where ethan hap lands too Dejounte I, murray when he murray wins, you know when yeah. he leads the league in rebounds as a point guard <laughs> um no i think porzingis He's overrated as an offensive player, but underrated as a defensive player, if that makes sense. Like, you, you keep. Yes. Like, yeah, absolutely. I've still heard people compare him to Dirk, and like, he's not Dirk no, at no, all. No, no. Like, he's I, white. I yes. Think and you're he's absolutely not America, yes, correct about that because he's his, underrated as a defender. I'll his say that. defense is pretty nasty. He, he's one of the best rim protectors in the league. Yep. Uh, okay, real quick Draft Daily, the future of fantasy sports. The Fantasy Gold team is bringing you draftdaily.com. It's crypto, it's currency, it's sports. Draft Daily is the new standard in the fantasy industry with almost non-existent fees, 100% trackable transactions, and zero risk of chargebacks. They're taking the industry by storm and making the game that we, James, all love, both safer and cheaper to play. They brought the ultimate fantasy sports and blockchain technology together to create the user experience and platform DraftDaily.com. On Draft Daily, users can play without worry and without fees digging into their profits. What better way than to do all of this than by merging crypto with fantasy sports on draftdaily.com. You can play with and win cryptocurrency. Play on draftdaily.com today where players in the game they love are the focus. Okay, real quickly to finish out, most improved player of the year. My first thought without really putting too much thought into it is Victor Oladipo. Man, that that would... That would kind of annoy me, uh, <laughs> just just because I I don't really? like it. I don't like it when guys win it for just getting to better situations. Yeah, true. and and sure, like he has gotten better at shooting threes. Uh, certain aspects of his game are, are certainly better, but it's really kind of a situation created and uh, most improved. I thought like two months into the year, I thought it was Aaron Gordon's to lose. And that's obviously taken a turn for the worse. Yeah. I mean, he uh, might be most injured player. <laughs> yeah. Who, who are the other uh, candidates? That's a good question. I think, I mean, do you think Embiid will get a couple votes because no, people he, will give him like, God, he better not. You um, know, I mean, he has gotten better and he's played twice as many games by the end of the year. Hasn't he just been playing more? Has right. He no, actually I th- I'm just saying, better? I think people will vote for him. I mean, his. Th- I think his shooting's actually down. Um, his, yeah, his three point shooting has been a bit of an issue. What about? I mean, like if Miritich has a strong finish, <laughs> I don't like. It's not a strong field of candidates, man. This I don't is know. Such a stupid award. It really is. Um, I mean, I'm, I was thinking maybe Drummond, but he's kind of too good to win this. And he was he was also like pretty close to this good a couple of years ago, and then he just got bad for a year. I mean, Miles Turner, I think, was a really popular pick coming into the year, but he has no chance. Drummond, I'd, Drummond, I'd be okay with getting votes. Okay. Uh, I think Towns will get some votes. I think Jamal Murray will get some votes. I'd be cool with Jamal Murray getting votes for sure. Uh, yeah, it's not Trey great. Lyles. I mean, he's... I, he will get votes. I think with Lyles, it, it's strictly a minutes thing. I mean, he's always been this good. He's always been. What about Brandon Ingram? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Jalen Brown? I kind of like. So, so I, I sort of like I like Murray. 
as one I like. Uh, I think Drummond's a fine one. Um, but yeah, I'd be, it's it's going to be Oladipo because yeah, it's always it's always sort of an unsatisfying winner. And, yeah, and I, I did. I appreciated Giannis winning it last year. That felt like the right spirit sure. of the award. Sure. Like he was a very good yep. player who went from a good player to a great player and by that, the end of that's, the year. To me, that guy is sort of Jamal Murray this year, where like coming into the year, we were like not sure, is this guy going to be yeah. a legit starting point guard on a good team? And now it's pretty clear that he, he is. Yeah, I think especially if Denver you know it gets the six seed or first if they make the playoffs he'll have a, a pretty strong case but yeah, it's going to be tough to beat oladipo what about coach of the year popovich popovich okay. popovich 1a brad stevens 1b i saw a ballot that had stevens fifth yesterday that's that's pretty which interesting. i thought was interesting um <laughs> Dwayne casey was number one on that ballot i'd fine with casey finishing top three yeah. This this is one of Pop's better efforts, and that's saying a lot because Pop has done this for 20 years. What well, The stat they put up, I was watching something last night. <laughs> they are Eight, playing some guys. They have won 50 <laughs> games in 18 straight years. That's unbelievable. Yeah, that's really like, How many teams have won 40 games how many in teams, 10 straight years? How many teams are desperate to just get to that 50 win mark, you know? Like, like how many of these organizations are really just – would? would feel like yeah. their work was complete if they could just get to 50 wins. If you told me the Spurs have won have won 50 games in 8 straight years, I would be like, "Wow, that's crazy." It's pretty it's pretty 18 great. straight yeah. years. Like that's, a lot of years. Without even having like a mediocre they, year. 50 wins is a yeah. very good year for any team. And you could so over those 18 years, their fourth and fifth best players over that time are Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili. And and David Robinson, who's probably in the top three, was only around for like two or three of those. Even at that point, he wasn't really. Yeah. So it's well, and you you could also make the argument that like as much as I respect Parker and Ginobili, like those guys are good, but it's not like those guys were their top five players in the league. Right. Their whole their whole resumes hinge on them being part of the Spurs and having all the hardware from the postseason. Uh, But yeah, like if you just took either of those guys off of the Spurs they're never thought of as even close to hall of fame players no and so yeah you you basically have two you only have really two guys who are on this team for a long time over that stretch and duncan and Kawhi leonard who are kind of transcendent talents that would have been great in any situation Mm -hmm. so that's just it's yeah it's it's crazy they've never had just a dynamic nucleus of of all-stars i mean how many how many how many years over that 50 over that stretch have they had two all-stars Without looking, I would guess like three, three maybe. Yeah, I would. I, mean, I would Parker, guess three. Parker has generally gotten more recognition than Ginobili, and he's been only to f- six All Star games, and they've okay. been spread out over the course of almost. 10 so then years. I guess they've had six probably with Duncan. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Duncan was kind of the automatic. Or was there a year when Kawhi and Duncan both made it? Probably. I don't. I don't think so because like Kawhi wasn't an All Star the year he won the Finals MVP, was he? And that was Duncan's no. second to last year. Duncan wasn't really making all stars at that point. Okay, um, but even looking at all NBA, like Tony Parker was only on four All NBA teams <clears throat> his entire career, three seconds and a third. Ginobili made two third teams, and that was it. Yeah, that's pretty. And wild. those are and those are designations that typically so, reward winning players. So you've only had over that stretch, you've only had two players who made first team All NBA teams, and their primes never overlapped. Kawhi and Duncan. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, insane. And and even like there was never really an argument that Parker was ever a first team guy. Like I was surprised that he made a second team. I'm now if someone wants to make an argument for Brad Stevens this year and they want to base the argument on <laughs> as kind of a pat on the back for what he was able to do with Isaiah last year, I would I would <laughs> I would uh I would respect that. I would respect I, that as an argument. I agree, but <laughs> if they're gonna do that, they need to state it on the ballot. Yeah, like mostly for the whole Isaiah thing. <laughs> like there's there's like Brad Stevens received votes for this right. year, but then yeah. like he received twice as many votes for yeah. a separate category of yeah. last year. Yeah, no, I agree. That would be great. That, that's um, honestly one of the best cases for Stevens is just knowing yeah. what we know now about Isaiah Thomas and what Brad Stevens was able to do with him last year. <laughs> is Kobe Altman GM of the year just for being able to get rid of Isaiah? Uh, <laughs> no. Man, that guy. I just, 
I'm so sick of Isaiah. Um, I mean, are there any other, like, Kerr is to the point where, like, he's like Durant and Curry, where they have to win 70 games or he's not getting coach of the year with this roster. I just don't – I honestly don't see Kerr ever winning it again. No. Unless he well, – I mean, he's young enough that, sure, like, he, he could end up in a different situation with different circumstances, but he's not going to win coach of the year again with this core. Did Spo ever win coach of the year in those four years? I don't think he did. I don't think – I I've always thought Spo's – one of the two or three most underrated yeah. coaches in the league. But, but it always felt like the Heat underachieved just enough. That nobody ever respected Spo. Like, or I feel I felt like that's why he was so underrated is like while the Heat, while it was like LeBron and Wade and Bosch, everyone just sort of thought Spo was yeah. just sort of along for the ride when in actuality I don't think they win the titles they won without. without so why them. hasn't that happened with Kerr? Is it because there's no one on the Warriors who has this, you know, LeBron coaches his own team narrative? Um, like Kerr, if I feel like has been and given as much credit as any coach could in this situation. I think it's because like the media loves Kerr, and I think the media still remembers the benching. Uh, uh, what's his face, David Lee for for Draymond move, which was kind of sneakily sort of an obvious move at the time, and it was just kind of like, oh, is he going to be able to? get david lee to go along with this how dare he bench david and lee, then who is now retired. and then there was like the oh is, is iguodala gonna really come off the bench like like all these like sort of obvious moves that yeah. people want to give him a ton of credit for um they're trading monte <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i think he i don't view kerr as a coach in the same way i view stevens or pop or even mm-hmm. like prime rick carlisle okay so outside of casey stevens Kerr, Pop, is there anyone from, like, five seed or below in either conference that would even get a look? Like, Mike Malone, maybe? No. Brett Brown, maybe? I think it's – Would wouldn't you be absolutely shocked if it went to someone other than Stevens, Casey, or Pop? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would almost I – would, I would put those odds at 0%. Those three versus the field, it would yeah. – overwhelmingly, those yeah. three. Yeah, I don't – And I could see Casey getting it just because yeah. you, you have that – easy uh narrative of like them changing their style of play offensively yep. before the season and they go on to win the one seed and they got a rookie yeah. starting yeah no i mean it would be deserving i'm, I'm I fine oh i'd be fine yeah with it. i think this would, like, that would be a completely defensible decision to give to casey i'm just always gonna i i know i know for a fact that any other coach coaching with the players on the spurs this year would not be close to their their, their win total right now i mean is it is it not hyperbole to say that they would be the mavericks or the suns like look at this roster uh, like their roster well, is no because they have because who aldridge well, but, but it's you it's so hard to separate the players from the developmental pro like because you know say like kyle anderson i think is like a perfect example of this where he was just, he kind of rode the bench for two and a half seasons. And now he's just this really competent player who doesn't screw up, who can defend and like all this stuff. Whereas you could, if you take all the Spursness out of Kyle Anderson, then sure, he's a crappy player on like the Suns yeah. or whatever. But like he's, he's this competent because he's been in San Antonio this long. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I I can see that. So you think you could take this version of Kyle Anderson, who's been groomed by the Spurs, and he would be pretty much just as good somewhere else well, because he's been brought up. I think with if the Spurs? you took like this whole roster and gave them to a different coach, I think they would not be close to as good as they are now, but I think they would be better than like yeah. the, okay. the Mavs. Just or the because Suns they're all on the same page, they all right. know yeah. how to play. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Okay, but yeah, I mean, still. It, can't take anything away from pop i mean this might be the year they don't win 50 it's, and it would be totally you look at their like best players it's it's like lamarcus aldrich and then it's danny green who's shooting shooting like 40 percent like, arguably like, their Pau third Gasol. or second best Gasol might be their second best player like they're starting Dejounte murray who's super inexperienced and like i i love him but he's still he's not a great player right now like davis burton's is really important to them sure. uh Matt Costello is seeing minutes. He, Bryn, he was Bryn like Forbes has gone off a couple times this right. year. I mean, Forbes and Costello, both Michigan State guys. Like Matt <laughs> Costello was almost like you remember Mike Bruzowitz mm-hmm. for Wisconsin. Like he was somewhat of that guy for for Michigan State. And then there's nowhere else in the NBA that a guy like him could be 
on the fringes of a rotation. I wouldn't say he's in the rotation, but every now and then he'll he'll play 15 mm-hmm. minutes, and like that just doesn't fly anywhere else. Uh, okay, so this weekend is state wrestling in Madison. Um, I know that because Can't believe where I this, was stopped. I have no idea where this is going. When I, no, it's not going anywhere. Um, <laughs> it's just an interesting weekend. You, you've lived here long enough. Um, it, the, I mean, I got another real, pod to do after this. So, well, good be, luck because I. Uh, <laughs> if we're going to be talking about state wrestling, we should just wrap. We're not going to do picks. I'm just saying, I got stopped by someone when I pulled into the parking lot, saying oh, I yeah. couldn't park here because it's state wrestling. I was like, do I do I look like I would be going to state wrestling? I just pointed to the thing on my car. And Read like, it and weep, brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> deal with it. But yeah, the influx of uh, ski do apparel, of camouflage apparel, mm. of blaze orange apparel it's an interesting crowd of people ordering like uh bottled domestics at bars where they're wow, come on. well i would i would do that I well what you're trying to say i just remember last year like we were at this bar that's close to work yeah. and we were all just drinking something out of a pitcher and this clear group of like family this family this wrestling ra- family like came in and they all just ordered uh yeah what did they order? I want to say just like Bud Light, but like bottles. It, I don't know. It's just, it's kind of a, they were, they ordered what they were comfortable with. It's a fun weekend to be, be around town. That's for sure. <laughs> Bar, I will say like there are certain bars in this town that make like 80% of their money for the year this weekend because they're, you know, the Red Shed, for example. I think Whiskey Jacks does very well this weekend. Echo Tap, I remember. Echo Tap. The uh, red, uh, what's the other one? Red Rock? Sure. Sure. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yep. Any kind of live music type of type of bar is gonna do pretty well. Uh, okay. Well, that's all I have. Do you have any anything else you want to close with? I'm assuming nope. you don't. No. Nope. Don't really. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll end on that then. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.